0: The following program may, and likely does, contain mature content unsuitable for younger listeners, up to and including conversations of a sexual nature. Simon and Chris are kinky dudes. So if you're then less than legal age, shield your ears, child. Or don't. I'm not
1: your dad. Are you telling me you weren't recording before? Because that would have been gold. Sorry, I wasn't recording. (laughs) (laughs) They say it comes in threes. We have the the injury, we have the sound system that just died, and then we have you not having that bit recorded. We've had our three, let's go. Okay, sure. Now the soundboard just broke down.
0: No, I didn't hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure it's (laughs) three? Oh, now I can't even hear it. No, there's nothing there.
1: Oh, that one works. <laughs>
0: that one works.
1: Hello, Hello, and welcome to Teabags and Joysticks, the kinky video game podcast. I'm Sai. I'm Chris. And Chris is clearly losing it already. Are you okay?
0: <laughs> no, I'm okay. How are you okay?
1: <laughs> I'm stressed... <laughs> but it's working, we're fine. <laughs> uh, it's so for the context of everyone listening to the show, everything that could go wrong with my sound setup just went wrong in the first 30 seconds of us trying to record this.
0: Well, yeah, and before that, you couldn't hear me for about 15 minutes.
1: I was trying to gloss over that little bit. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Chris? Yeah,
0: good. Good is
1: that all we've got yes, good
0: <laughs> um yeah, nothing nothing's really happened
1: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Do you want to introduce what the main topic will be today
0: okay, yeah, sure. um, today we are talking about um the gray hanky code thing. Do you remember what it was? I remember
1: what it was. <laughs>
0: Okay, now I'm asking the listener, do you remember what it was? (laughs) They can't respond. Oh. All right, see you (laughs) next episode when when we hear your responses about what we're going to talk about.
1: So for those not following along at home, today we are going to be talking about bondage. As something of an introductory session once again, similar to how we did gear last week. Hmm. But before we move on to the main topic of the day, what's the tea, Chris? And before we move on to the tea of the day, I just want to jump in here and say there is a trigger warning that I need to give you guys. Uh, During the tea this week, we do talk about blood. If you do not want to hear that, you may want to skip ahead to around the six minute mark so that you skip over that bit.
0: Oh yeah, I've got a silly one today.
1: It um, can it get you, much sillier than the show, Madness? That's Already? well, okay. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I, I, the, you know those blood tests, the, the tests at home, kits. Oh yeah, that you have to prick your fingers.
1: Wait for the. I, is this the coronavirus one or the? No, the the like, like the the HIV, HIV blood tests. Yeah, yeah.
0: Th- those ones. I hate those. <laughs> I, I hate those things that print your fingers. Them. I really, really hate them. Okay. Like I got I I I kind of did one like last week. Alright, okay. so like, yeah. and I I had to do my own fingers and I absolutely hated it and I kind of just, just stood there with just kind of preparing myself to actually do it because <laughs> like, i just hate the thought of you know i actually have to break my own skin and that kind of thing yeah uh um, we should maybe
1: put a trigger warning in here
0: yeah <laughs> okay and i kind of kind of just did it uh after you know standing there for about 10 minutes preparing myself and within half of a Half a minute. I was kind of just crouching on the floor because I was feeling that queasy.
1: Oh God! You see, I'm fairly lucky that I've never been that affected by that kind of thing. Mm. Like I, I used to be really needlephobic, which was, you know, something of a uh, problem at times. Because, you know, I get a regular HIV test every three months. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, I've never been... Like I've never been one to faint at the sign of blood.
0: No, that's the thing. Like, it's the thought of me having to do it myself. Uh... When I'm at the clinic, when, when the nurse is doing it to me, mm-hmm. it's fine.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, there are people that have to do this, like, four, five, six times a day.
0: I know, I know. And, yeah. I know it's kind of silly because um, it's something I, you know, definitely should be able to do. Um,
1: I think it's quite common, though.
0: Yeah, not probably not to that extent. I don't know.
1: No, I think it's a lot more common than you think. Okay. I've known a few people that have had that same problem. Fair enough. I don't really have much to add to that. Just like I know it's a common problem. Yeah, and
0: you know, just because you kind of don't feel great about it doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing your regular tests. Yes.
1: Just because we are in the pandemic and places are closed, your local sexual health centers, etc., are still doing testing. You are allowed mm-hmm. to go. It is a health related appointment that is allowed. A lot of them are asking um, you to do them remotely, and they walk you through how yeah. to do it as well. But
0: yeah, I can't get into my clinic to actually do, you know, the the, the test. I rather they do it. For, they do for me. Yeah,
1: that can be the tea this week, though. If if you are in the position that you are able to do so, because I know for some people it's trickier with families and things. But if you are in a position that you're able to do so, take this opportunity to go and get tested, because. Once all the social distancing stops, if you've been and got tested, and anything that you needed treating has been treated now, then you know life is much safer for everyone involved afterwards. Yeah. Not just because of coronavirus, but everything else as well. Yay! That can be mighty this week. That's quite right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just, because corona, just because coronavirus is a big one right now doesn't mean you know you shouldn't be taking care of all your other sexual health problems.
1: Exactly. I mean, I went and got my HIV test. When did I get mine? I think it was three weeks ago. Yeah, I went and got my HIV test three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I'd had an all clear, as it were. Sure. Uh, yeah. two months ago. Like around December. Because I always go in. I get like I get mine done three, six, nine, twelve sort of things, so I keep it on a regular thing. Fair and I have not been with anyone, I just needed to get my HIV test repeated because of window periods. And mm-hmm. that is also, even if you are on PrEP, please go and get tested. Because PrEP does yes. not protect you against anything else. And PrEP is not 100% effective. There is always a risk. So please, please, please go and get tested. And it's,
0: well, actually, especially if you're on PrEP, because, you know, if you, you do contract HIV while you're on PrEP, it affects your um, treatment. It
1: does. And the sooner you know about it, the better that is. Yeah. So, with the tea out of the way, what's on your joysticks?
0: That was a quick tea. tea, Like, (laughs) come on, let's go. Let's go. We're good. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, joysticks. Um, Right. Have you actually done much gaming this week? Because I don't think
1: I've seen you do much.
0: Uh, I I have. Um, uh, I've been playing a little bit of Dirt 5 okay. For the game That I actually want to talk about Is um, the Pokemon Cafe Mix Can
1: I just stop you a second Because you do this every week so it's like, Oh I've been playing this But I want to talk about this <laughs> Is that a problem? <laughs> Not at all It just amuses <laughs> me It's just Because like... you think you know where you're about to go And then you like sideswipe And I'm like I have no idea where we're going anymore I'm just on this train <laughs> <laughs> and for the oh, yeah. benefit of the listeners, I've had coffee. I apologize. <laughs> Meh.
0: It's
1: more fun this way. Um, Thanks. <laughs>
0: hey. <laughs> uh, talking about coffee, yes, the game is Pokemon Cafe Mix.
1: <laughs> I can't believe I set you up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I promise that was not intentional. <laughs> You're incorrigible. Go on.
0: Well, it's you know it's just one of the one of those casual games that it, it's on the Nintendo Switch and it is also on Android and iOS.
1: Wait, is this the weird match three thing that they did where it's not actually match three?
0: Yes, it's the one where you kind of swipe around the screen to link. Like Pokemon icons, the one
1: where you turn the screen into a tumble dryer. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that one. I've been playing a lot of that. Because you know that's what you want to do when you're in a cafe: your laundry. Yeah. Yeah. They. 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 Don't roll they, your they, eyes at me, boy. The.
0: <laughs> that's not what I did. Uh, the. Uh, yeah, the setup is kind of. Um, what's the word? Weird. Convoluted,
1: contrived,
0: <laughs> yeah, contrived, yeah. Apparently, those uh, Pokemon icons, according to the game, represents you know, the the Pokemon's um, motivation. Their motivation,
1: yeah. Okay, why, why is there a reason for this, or is it just this is some contrived game setup?
0: Yeah, it's just kind of a contrived game explanation. You know, they kind of have have to have enough motivation to serve that particular drink or food item, um, apparently.
1: Okay. I'm not sure where you're going with this, what the point is, etc. Because honestly, that just makes no sense to me.
0: No, it doesn't make any sense. Or is that the um, point? It's just... Yeah, the, the portage doesn't make any sense, but it's uh, kind of still quite, quite fun. to I was be honest. ask you
1: this. like, is it actually enjoyable? Because like, I've looked at gameplay of that, and I don't get it. No, no. It's, like I understand casual gaming. Like, I've got a few on my phone. But yeah. I've had all sorts on my phone over the years, like Bejeweled, different slot machines, like different like match three and puzzle games and things. But I look at that one and I'm like, I, I don't get the like with a lot of these casual games, there's a bit of a compulsion that's just like, "Hey, jump in, do this, and jump out." I don't even yeah. get that compulsion when I look at the trailers and things for that. I just see, mm. "Okay, well, this is kind of cute, and could have made a fun little spin-off anime, but
0: yeah, that's a yeah. I think the thing is, it is very, very cute. Uh, outside of the actual you know, gaming screen, you know, the, the outside of the actual. Mini game, if you like. Let the.
1: Let me ask you this. Environment and the cafe. Okay. How heavy are the microtransaction, like calls to action?
0: Uh, not really. Really? Not, not very. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one actually surprises me. Um, so basically, you get uh, you get five lives, right? And then your life replenishes every. 15 minutes, I think. Oh, okay. As in and fully replenished, or you just get one? No, you get one.
1: Right, okay.
0: Every 15 minutes. But it's like, it's not that easy to fail right. <laughs> in order. So the, the chance of actually losing all five lives within 15, 15 minutes is quite slim. Fair enough. I mean, I can understand it could be because you know the, the the artwork is all quite cute, cutesy, and everything. It may be harder for like younger children, yeah. but I don't know.
1: And uh, I think that's also my other thing. Like, so Pokemon is a game aimed at predominantly at kids. He says, looking very much forward to Pokemon Snap because mm-hmm. you know Nintendo decided to give me a birthday present this year. However, something about that game also just seems really childish in the way it's done its art style and everything. Yes. And that's just yeah. that's another reason why I kind of look at it and go, you know, I, I I'll just leave that one be. You know <laughs> what I mean?
0: Uh I I know what you mean, yes. But I also I also kind of just like it because
1: of exactly that. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, no. So would you recommend it? Um
0: I'm thinking I'm going to go off that game, like, very quickly. Okay,
1: so it's worth just dipping in your toes just to see what it's about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm just going to let it die, basically. Fair enough.
1: I might give it a look. I don't don't know. I'm not sure it's my sort of thing, but I might give it a look.
0: Yeah. So, what's on your joystick? Uh,
1: On my joystick... (laughs) Is it on my joystick, or is it on my... uh... (laughs) Mast. <laughs> I've been playing Sea of Thieves this last couple of weeks, as you know, uh, which is yes. partly why my sleep is messed up. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah. So, so a little bit of context here. Like, this is very much a game that I play with my American friends, and we play with um, Ian, who's been on the show before, his wife, and Dio, who does our music scape. So, in the past, this was a game that I could jump on, like, around the time that they get on, and about an hour, an hour and a half in, I would get to this point where I am awake and present enough to do what I need to do on the game. (laughs) Because a lot of the time I'm in the position of being the captain of the ship and and sort of dealing with maneuvering the boat, etc., But I'm constantly, yeah, but I'm doing that using the information that's coming in from everyone else. So in some ways I don't, I could do this without seeing the screen to some degree, you know, because a lot of the time, like you're not actually able to see the front of your boat because you've got sails in your way. You're having to rely on that communication. So I can kind of get into this state where I'm doing what I need to do, but I start to get tired. And so it's never really been an issue to play this game slightly late on because the rocking motion with the sound of the waves and everything. It's almost like, you know, you get these white noise machines to help you sleep. <laughs> it's like oh, that, gosh. but in video game form. Also, mm-hmm. so it used to be. Oh, right. What's changed? The game got criticized quite heavily when it came out for not having enough to do. And I agreed with those criticisms. We haven't played this game for about two years. Uh We jumped back on this game, and it's a very different game. (laughs) Like, we are constantly running up against uh, AI ships that will screw you over if you're not working together. We're constantly running into megalodons and krakens, and you name it, if it's a beast of the sea, we probably run into it. And of which there's various different types and difficulties, etc. We're constantly hitting, like, really high-level pirates and and things along the way. What went from being a fairly casual game that we we would play and just kind of, well, shoot the shit while shooting shit became a game that, like, I I need to be on the ball. Because, you Mm -hmm. know, when you're sailing from point A to point B and you've got to go via point C, it's not too bad. When you're sailing from point A to point B via point C, while making sure not to run into point E because you're being attacked by the ship that's over at point F, you've suddenly got to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, my sleep's a little bit messed up. Gotcha. But the thing that impressed me about that game, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, was one of the microtransactions that I've made. Right. I know, I know, I'm not a fan However They added pets into the game As a microtransaction <laughs> Okay, yes,
0: okay I can see
1: There ah. is an Alsatian in there That has mm-hmm. the colorings of a husky And it's fucking adorable It's adorable <laughs> Adorable. You first, When you first yeah. tell it you want the, the pup to be with you, it spawns in your arms looking at you. You can pet it. If you put it down, it follows you around. Like, if you come near oh. danger, it starts barking to alert you. It will follow you when you go on land. It will even piss on the deck. <laughs> 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 the way that they have coded these animals is really, 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 really cute. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and I, I can't help it because every time I see them, my heart melts. No, no. That... Yeah. And it's one of those things that it's just like, they don't serve a massive functional purpose. Exactly. But they're just kind of cute yeah. and I don't mind throwing a little bit extra because they just make me smile. And the yeah, best bit is, like you that's... know, you can play the sea shanties and things. They dance, mm-hmm. they dance mm-hmm. and play around to the music, like at your feet. Yeah, it's adorable.
0: Yeah. No, I don't see why why that is like a good microtransaction
1: kind of lid of it. And we also had a moment in gaming like an extra. that like, I don't think I'll forget for a while, because they've okay. added new sea, uh, sea shanties that you can play. So they've yep, added 1812. 1812. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, yeah. we're playing 1812 on a, a uh, galley. 1812 overture, yes. Yeah. With eight cannons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so okay. all four cool. of us are playing eighteen twelve and as it gets to the end boom like cannon on each point note and it yeah. was just one of those organic moments that nobody planned it. It we literally we didn't even know eighteen twelve was in there. We just started playing and then cannons and it's like okay like I remember why I fell in love with this game now like <laughs> Yes, it didn't have <laughs> enough content. Yes, there's not enough progression necessarily, but you play with the right people, and it's one of those games yeah. you can just have a, bit a nice bit else. of a mess around in and enjoy the sandbox. Yeah.
0: yeah. I yeah. Speaking of sea shanties and sea mm-hmm. of thieves, so just you've seen that the um, um, the weller man has got a sea of thieves. Music
1: video, like official Wait, no, I didn't see this. Okay, yeah, yeah. I need to look this up. I, I did not know this was a thing.
0: Yeah, Nathan Nevins on, on his official YouTube site. Yeah, it's a Sea of Thieves. Um, they, yeah, must have done some some sort of collab and agreements.
1: And that's it. Oh my god, that is the actual music video. Okay, I did not know this was a thing. That's kind of cool. Oh, I wonder if that means they're going to bring that into the game, because that would be kind of cool.
0: I know, right? <laughs> like, Wellerman was not, you know, the best-known sea shanty before Nathan Evans,
1: really. No, but then again, I'm not sure... I mean, I don't know much about sea shanties, admittedly, but they've got a few obscure-ish dunes in there.
0: So Sure. I'm just... Making the observation that neither Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag nor Sea of Thieves, the two biggest, yeah, the uh, most well-known games with sea shanties, had the song. Sorry,
1: no, I I do completely agree. So, so I've just I'm like I've got the video running silently in the background, um, and I've just watched someone get thrown off the bow uh, the bow spirit, because the ship turned too fast on the anchor. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. So, it's not just a Sea of Thieves music video; it's Sea of Thieves glitches and all. <laughs> Although, to me, I'm not even sure that's a natural glitch, but I don't know. I like it. No, I like it. I need, like, I want this to be in the game as a shanty. I know. <laughs> that's kind of cool. I didn't know that was a thing. The weatherman comes. I'm going to be singing that now. <laughs> oh, well, I, I it's been, I, I've been doing that for like the last You see it managed to pass me by for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like I I've heard it obviously, but for the most part it managed to pass me by. Mainly cuz it's on TikTok, yeah. and I don't bother with TikTok.
0: No, I I and I don't. Uh, I got it because uh he went on Anton and Dex's show.
1: Yeah, I don't watch TV either. <laughs>
0: He, he was on, yeah. He was on Saturday Night Takeaway, Fair enough. and actually, their rendition, in my opinion, is
1: even. Oh, okay. So, I might look that up then. I'm not doing it now because I will end up just humming it all podcast if I do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll give that a look. But yeah, Sea of Thieves, like if you've not touched it for a while and you've got a crew, like that you can go back in with, it's it's more of the same but better paced and while mm-hmm. yes there's still some progression things that are missing etc they've they have added a lot in in terms of what you can purchase etc to customize everything i would say it's worth popping back in like it's been out what three years i'd say it, it's worth yeah. giving a look and seeing what's changed
0: i think i would get in get back in if i have the chance that the other night I was going to play yeah. with you guys until I figure out I don't have that installed on my new Xbox. <laughs> yeah, uh. there,
1: there is a because that was one of the other reasons why because it was me that suggested we all jump on it, uh, and that was one of the other reasons I did because it is uh, Series X enhanced. And so yeah. there's a much there's a uh, enhanced draw distance and better frame rate. And I think it's had a graphical upgrade, but I honestly can't be 100% sure on that, because it's been that long since I played the original. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, worth going back yeah, to. Sure. Cool. So, shall we move on to the main topic, since we're talking about ships, and uh, one of the key things on tall ships is rope. Oh, yes. Not the cleanest segue, so... but we shall uh, maneuver along. I mean, there's another segue we yeah. could make this this week, but... <laughs> You know, because it's, it's Easter and everything, but I've got too much Catholic guilt to make that. <laughs> 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 too much Catholic that, okay. guilt. Move on. We're with ships, rope. Here we go. <laughs> rope.
0: Yes. Uh, so rope is, uh,
1: okay, one of the ways you can tie someone Indeed up. Indeed, it is. And if you yes. haven't ga- gathered, we're moving on to bondage. Bondage. bondage okay What what is bondage bondage well again i kind of feel like that's a bit of a trick question because you did this to me last week it's like what is gear <laughs> what is bondage well you know in its broadest sense bondage is the restriction of movement of one person sometimes on their own please 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 play safe we do not encourage that uh, and usually an, one person doing it to another with consent for gratification, not always sexual, but nope. gratification. And it does not have to only yeah. be with rope. There are a number of different materials and ways of doing it, et cetera, that we shall talk about. Yeah,
0: but absolutely. the key thing
1: it is to do with the limiting of that movement. So since you ambushed me there let me do this one for you. Right. What can be used for bondage?
0: Okay, so uh we have our dimension rope. Uh bondage can also be done by you know with duct tape. Mm-hmm. Uh be careful with that um cuz if you apply it straight to skin it might hurt yeah. when you Pull it and off as a
1: hairy guy just no. However, if you Uh, uh, are sensible, you don't use duct tape. What do you use?
0: uh, Athletic tape or something like that. Not where I was going to go, but yeah. There are are tape that kind of uh, sticks to itself rather than... I can't remember the exact name for those. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's (laughs) kind of...
1: Yeah. All right. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Like you can literally buy; it's called bondage tape, and it's essentially just latex tape that only grabs to itself. Yeah. What else?
0: Um. So, yeah, there are various kind of um, techniques you can Mm -hmm. use with each material, and we'll go through them kind of briefly as well. Um, There are various um, restraints, so kind of like uh, leather and rubber or neoprene, uh, kind of ankles and wrist cuffs and, you know, cuffs
1: of varied kinds and belts. And and these things are... All those kind of things. And these things are often known as uh, soft bondage. But there is an alternate as hard bondage. Are you familiar?
0: Well... No, there's
1: well, hard look, Is it hard bondage? Um, Heavy bondage? I'm, I'm blanking on what the, the correct term between the two is, but we're talking about things like iron shackles, uh, wooden stocks and frames and yeah. things like that. Yeah, uh, and of course, you know, handcuffs and leg irons yeah. and that, that, those kind of things. The difference tends to be the material and how solid they are. In their base mm-hmm. form. Yeah. So if that's the different materials and types of bondage, which this is by no yeah. means an exhaustive list because creativity and everything else. <laughs> we've okay. we've kind of uh, skipped forward a little bit. So what is the first thing that we need to think about with bondage?
0: Oh, uh, well, okay. You should always think about safety. Like, with any kinks, the first thing you think of
1: is safety and consent. This is why we have SSC and we have RAC principles, which, for those just joining us, we will repeat again. Uh, SSC is safe, sane, and consensual kink, and RAC is risk-aware consensual kink.
0: Yeah, so with any kind of kink it comes with a certain level of risk and
1: it's important that you understand uh what the risks are and And we'll we'll go into those in just a second uh i think that one thing we do want to touch on with those is as you will have noticed in both of those acronyms consent is very present and consent Mm -hmm. should be very present if you're doing bondage with somebody so when you're doing bondage with somebody, you're going to want to make sure that, you know, you have their consent to tie them up because, you know, yep. otherwise that's potentially kidnap. Uh, if uh, if you uh, do Kicking. have them... T- <laughs> no, that's not- bad boy. If you do have them tied up, you also need to make sure that they have a way to remove their consent at any time without any in- impotence. So... It might be that they say something to you. It might be that they have a gesture that they make or something that they can drop or whatever you agree between you. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. use some common sense and make sure it's reasonable, but make sure that consent is discussed and etc. Yeah. And again, make sure consent can be freely taken away at will. But... Yeah. So... If assuming that there is consent and everyone's comfortable and all the right precautions are taken in terms of making sure people can speak up or signal in some way, what are the safety things to be aware of?
0: Uh, okay,
1: so, so in terms of
0: like actual safety, like physical safety. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of physical safety, we're talking about kind of uh, firstly is breathing. so you could use you could be using some materials that restricts you know uh, chest movement and you need to be aware of that and you need to be aware of the subject's uh, position mm-hmm. like the physical position may restrict their breathing as well. Uh, you, yeah you need to make sure that doesn't happen.
1: And one thing I will also add to that is not only do you need to be aware of their current position but you also need to be aware of how they may move or whether it's intentional or not. And you also need to be aware of the way that different materials or different methods may move within itself. So, for example, some knots when you're tying ropes are designed that they will get tighter with movement and that can create... Like problems because you start to add pressure without knowing to, knowing it as you start of, you do more of the tie or you the sub moves around, or it might be that the, you know, you've got the sub stood up while you're tying them and they fall over. Or for example,
0: that's bad. It that's is really bad.
1: But these yeah. are things that can happen, and these are things that you need to sort of pay attention oh, yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. very big rule uh, of thumb even, in that respect it. as well is never have a anchor point of any bondage material that goes across the throat or the neck. Oh, no. It's like never risk the windpipe no, at not. all under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. No way. Don't do it. Yeah.
0: Um, and sometimes um as... You know the the person being tied up. You kind of need to be aware that you know accidents might mm-hmm. happen, and uh, again, it comes to being risk aware.
1: And I think it's also worth pointing out that accidents can happen without intention. In fact, that's why oh, they're definitely. called accidents. That, that's, yeah, <laughs> and like if if you. Yeah. As the person getting tied up, see, see or are aware that they've like your dom or your rigger, the person who does the tying, if you're working with rope, for example, has done something Mm -hmm. that's going to potentially cause a safety issue, speak up, like make it known. Yeah. Because it might be that a rope slips and they don't realize, or it might be sort of any number of things and they've not seen it for whatever reason. Yeah. With that said, if this is how so something breathe- that keeps happening, you might want to take a step away and uh, review whether it's a good idea to carry on with this play.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, so, breathing is the kind of number one safety mm-hmm. issue because it's just the most urgent. You can't. You need to sort that out mm-hmm. very quickly. Uh, the next, it, I would say, is yep. circulation. Uh, so when you, I don't know, you tied something like too yes. tight, uh, it r- restricts their kind of blood vessels, basically.
1: And I will also say there, it doesn't necessarily have to be too tight. It could just be that you've got a rope, like tie, for example, or even like a, I don't know, say say the material that you've got's got, has got a, like a press stud or something on it. It might be that you've got that yeah. resting on the wrong place and it doesn't yeah. have to be tight. No, that's right. So yeah. what's what
0: um it doesn't have to be tight. It could be, you know, yeah, it could be the pressure put in the wrong place because of how your your body has kind of stacked yeah. itself together.
1: <laughs> so what's something what what's obviously we're not medical professionals and you know no. I'm going to go back and put this in like before we start start talking but like We aren't medical professionals, and we're we're just talking about our experiences. But Mm -hmm. what's something that you should be doing as the rigger, that's the person doing the tying or putting the person in the bondage, to make sure that circulation is sort of good? Well, so let's start with
0: when you're first tying them. Uh, so obviously, don't don't do it too tight. Make sure you, you kind of leave a gap between, you know, the the, the what's the what's a good word like like the ring of rope. Ring <laughs> yeah, but I'm kind of like, being more specific than that. you,
1: you know. I mean, you've not given me enough.
0: Kind of when, when you like, when you kind of wrap the rope together around a limb
1: or oh. something, when it
0: forms a, yes. a cuff of some sort, you kind of need, you need to, to make sure the cuff isn't yeah, too tight. To,
1: mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's definitely one thing to do. I, I, honestly, the first thing I'm going to say here is before you do any kind of bondage, take a good amount of time to sit back and read up on it. And do your research, like, I do do my research. No, like, actually sit down, do your research, and look at what safety means when it comes to bondage. Because different materials react in different ways, there are different things that you need to consider, and there is no way that we can cover everything.
0: Uh, I would definitely say rope is by far the most unpredictable
1: equipment. I would agree with that. Rope, rope can slip very easily. It just it depends yeah. on the tie that you've got, on the positioning, can, and everything else. Rope can slip. Yeah.
0: Rope can tighten if you're not careful. Yeah, very and very easily. quickly.
1: Uh, yeah. If you're working with any material, really, make sure that you have a way to break it. Like mm-hmm. whether that's safety scissors, whether that's you know. Whatever it is for the material that you're using, because, again, there's that many different materials out there that I'm not going to be able to name them all, but please be sensible in what you choose. Um, I mean, metal can be a bit hard to break. Agreed, but if you're playing with metal, it should be designed in (laughs) such a way that you can get out of it relatively quickly and without uh, damage to the person. I mean, yeah. Yeah,
0: don't just you know weld something. Yeah, on someone.
1: I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but if yeah, you... but now, going
0: back to rope though, um, you it's pr- probably a good idea to check on um, you know the the person tied up's, um is uh, their, their circulation.
1: Yes, and do you know how you do that if you're the person doing the tying?
0: Well, you kind of. Just Basically, you, you touch the person's kind of hands and feet, basically the extremities to see if, if they've got cold or something. Yep.
1: And the other thing that you want to be doing is not only checking cold, but checking the feeling sensation. Uh, and if you're the person that's being tied up, if you get any sort of tingling at all, even if it only seems really mild, you need to tell the person that's tying you up immediately. Because that's your body telling you there's something wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And quite often, uh, if you're, for example, if your uh, arms are tied up uh, above your head, um, that can happen quite quickly. And that's why those scenes can't basically last, you know, as long as you think they do. Yeah.
1: But the other thing that is, as well that needs to get mentioned is that you, as the person being tied up, you may not always feel it immediately. And that's, that's one of true. the reasons why it's really important that the rigor is also paying attention to what they're tying, how they're tying, and doing these checks as they go, like, repeatedly.
0: Yeah, um, it's kind of important that you have a set interval, that you keep doing it, uh, and don't forget. <laughs>
1: yeah, and like I say, if you've got any tingling at all or any numbness, speak up immediately.
0: And if you can't speak up?
1: Use the safety mechanism that you've set up yes exactly but i think and often like the thing is we we're never going to be able to hit every single safety note for every single item and every single consideration so let's be very clear like what we're talking about here is kind of the basics here is like the very, very absolute basic. And don't walk away from this episode going, oh, well, I've heard that and I know what, I do, what I'm do, i doing now. No, you don't. <laughs> Sorry, but you don't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. You, you, you haven't there anything. There are people that have been doing it, like, this here, for yes.
1: decades that will turn around and tell you yeah. they don't know what they're doing because they're still paying mm-hmm. attention and learning every single time, you know? So yeah. let's, let's be very clear about that. But I think something that is worth mentioning that gets overlooked a lot is health factors. So okay. one thing, if you remember, Chris, the first time that we ever did bondage, I asked you before I tied you up whether you had any health conditions I needed to know about. Yeah. Whether you had any circulation issues that you knew of. Any mm-hmm. like heart conditions that you knew of. And any issues with blood sugar, etc., that you knew of? And the reason I asked those four things in particular is because they, to me, are four of the biggest things that can very quickly affect a scene and go wrong that you need to be very quick to respond to and aware of. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that when you are playing with anybody that you know if any of these things are an issue. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, this is what you should do if that's what these things are, because I'm not medically trained. I don't know what each individual's condition needs, etc. And I'm not about to sit here and pretend to do. (laughs) What I will say is talk to the person that you're playing with.
0: Yeah. uh, Whether you are being tied up or you are tying someone up. um, Yeah. Make sure each other knows
1: where things stand. And be honest. There is a yeah. worrying culture sometimes that people will go, oh, well, this doesn't seem quite right, but I don't want to be that person that's, you know, raising an objection to every little thing. No, raise the objection. That's how you stay safe.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So,
1: any other
0: safety issues that we particularly need to
1: um i mean so the thing is we we could sit here all day listing all of the different safety things to be aware of etc because exactly right the list is as long as you can imagine because there's always you know what about scenario x y z and q you know um yeah. but i think there's One, well, there's two other ones that I would like to hit on. One is that there is a psychological aspect to bondage. And for some people that can manifest itself in a way that they don't expect. Uh, Hmm. My very first experience with bondage was really bad. Really, really bad. Um, okay. And I might tell that story in a minute Hey guys, a quick trigger warning for you again I do actually discuss the situation where my limits were ignored If this is something that is a trigger for you You may want to skip ahead about two minutes, two and a half minutes from here But I was in a situation where I was in bondage and I got very... The only thing I can describe it as is an anxiety attack. Yeah, And I had no warning. It happened. And the person that I was playing with didn't react particularly well, shall we say. They basically did everything that you could do wrong. Huh. Yeah. One thing that I told this person before we went into the scene is, I don't mind doing a little bit of light bondage. So in this example, I had my hands tied behind my back. I said said to them, but you do not fully restrict my movement. Full stop, you do not fully restrict my movement. I I have my hands tied behind my back fine because at that point I can still stand up and everything. But you don't fully restrict my movement. Just as I started to hit this uh, panic attack, this person then proceeded to lay on top of me, even though I told him to get up several times. Which kind of brings me on to the second part of of that same thing, which is why I've kind of done them together, which is that if you are the person getting tied up, you need to be sure that the person you're playing with is trustworthy. Because you are very much at their mercy. Yeah. And as such, you need Uh. to be cautious and you need to take appropriate safety precautions.
0: That applies to a lot of
1: people. It absolutely does, but I think it's really important to restate that when it comes to things like bondage.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no no
1: question. Um, Yeah, like that was a scary experience for me. Um, And I actually didn't do bondage for a long time after that, like in either side of that, Mm. because it just completely put me off full stop um yeah like it's very very rare I will even let anybody put me in bondage these days partly because of that (laughs) and Hmm. the thing is I'm not the kind of person to get particularly claustrophobic or anything like that I'm not the kind of person that usually has that sort of response so it's worth putting it out there like your, your brain is a fascinating, if not weird thing because you think you know how you will respond in a given situation, but until you're in that situation, you don't. So bear that in mind and make sure that the people that you are playing with are reputable, etc. Like make sure you get your references, for example, make sure you're talking around safety and everything else. Have all of these conversations and negotiate and be sure that you know you can trust the person. And I know that makes yeah. me sound like, you know, the, the sort of old man in the corner that's been crotchety and going, oh, you kids, you need to be safe, this, that, and the other, but it's important. <laughs> Sorry, but it has to be said. So. But should we move on to something slightly okay. lighter? And I'm going to ask yeah. you. When it does go right, because I know you are much more into bondage than I am not to say that I'm not I don't enjoy yeah. it just like you are very much the uh, the type to lay there and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's not very nice. But no like, so you are the you are the kind of person that sort of bondage is one of your main kinks. I think that's fair to oh, say. Yeah. So oh, yeah. let me ask you this. What is it that you like about bondage? Um. So it's,
0: it's difficult to say. Um, I've always, always liked the you know the the feeling of you know not being able to escape
1: that kind of thing. Okay. Um, let's be very clear here that like whenever we do play, and we do bondage, like you do always have a safety route. You always have your safe words, and we're always yeah. being aware of the kinks, like the kink principles when it comes to uh, scc and rack etc oh uh, yeah i think
0: that's pretty yeah. clear what we do um yeah um it's the feeling of not being able to escape rather than you know the you know yeah. actually being held held hostage um they that is quite different so um, is it
1: to do with like the the tightness of the hold or the fact that you're kind of locked into that hold type of thing
0: partly um it's also that you know the kind of the control the the other person has on me
1: okay it is a very intimate i would say level of control yeah yeah um And let's be clear, like, this is why you like it. Everyone has a slightly different reason for liking it. Like, for me, it's... You describe it as the control that somebody else has. For me... And I think this kind of harkens back to that story that I told about the way that it can go wrong and the way it did go wrong for me in a session. It's about giving somebody else that level of trust which is two sides mm-hmm. of a very similar coin but for me the yeah. the emphasis is more on me trusting that person to do it versus me giving them control if that makes sense or more to the point like them okay. having the control it, it, to me it's almost symbolic
0: okay yeah yeah, it's handing over the control. Like, um, when you're in bondage, you have very little like autonomy.
1: Yeah. It's definitely... So, how would you describe, for want of a better way of phrasing this, if this doesn't quite make sense, then tell me. How would you describe the bondage journey? Because I always kind of look at it as a bit of a journey when I'm in bondage. So oh, what for me <laughs> when I do a bondage scene it starts and like I mean you mean you've done them like it starts with me giving you that level of trust and that in itself okay. is already a fairly big step for me mm. and then it's once I am in a tie I tend to drop more to subspace like it deepens it does deepen my subspace yeah and for me that's because i have volunteered that level of trust to somebody at that point and so Mm -hmm. okay i am more i don't want to say more malleable because that makes it sound like i'll do anything and obviously i've still got my like safety I can still take my consent away etc I've still got my limits but it makes me more almost more invested in a way and for me it's almost like as much as it's an inactive position it's an active headspace if that makes sense but I know Mm. for some people that's not their experience for some people and I think you're a bit like this from what I've observed. You tend to be a little bit more subdued when it comes to bondage. If it's an extended uh, scene.:
0: If it's an extended scene, yeah, that's where I'm trying to get to, because there are various different like purposes mm. for bondage, really. Um, and, and, yeah, you're still, you know, restricting someone's movements, but the, the purpose is yeah. very different. No, I, I'd agree with that. Um, You know, uh, whether it's um kind of tying someone up to kind of get them into position so you can have sex, like like whether it's like oral mm-hmm. or anal, like that, that is... Again, consensual, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whether it's tying someone up uh, so they're in a stressed position, or whether there's, you know a relatively comfortable position, but you know, uh, but they are kind of left mm. not not really. They're not really left alone, but you know, they are being restricted in that particular position for yeah. quite a long time, and that that itself becomes. Um, kind of an endurance and all of those um, the I would react very differently to.
1: And I think you hit on something important there that we maybe missed when we were talking about safety which is if you are a rigger and you have somebody that you are tying and is in your charge, in your care basically, you do not leave them alone. Full stop. You never leave somebody alone in bondage. Like I don't care if you're only going into the next room for a moment, you don't do it. Um, But I mean, yeah, you're right. There are different types of bondage in terms of purpose. Cause like you you hit on a couple there. So you've got like your extended sessions. you've, You've got bondage for sex. You've got bondage for it's like, like what you call endurance. Like I, I would maybe use the word challenge over endurance um it is but i feel like endurance (laughs) implies that you're going to try and stick it out no matter what whereas challenge implies i'm going to do this if i can
0: Hmm.
1: i don't know i feel like challenge is maybe a little bit of a safer way of of framing it um yeah. But then you you do also get I feel like, like I'm I'm looking at like the show notes I'm like we've got the word display on here. Do you want to explain what you mean by that? Yes,
0: I do. Um, so you get all that uh, get basically I'm talking about Shibari, Uh where you get very very elaborated,
1: work, interesting like, uh,
0: around the person's body, and they, uh, yeah, it's itself. Can be considered an art form mm-hmm. by some people, so that's
1: what I'm referring to. Interesting because that's not where I thought you were going with that. Um, I will say shibari can look absolutely beautiful. Like, I have seen some examples of shibari that are breathtaking because of the way that they, mm-hmm. they sort of emphasize and highlight different areas of the body, etc. It, it, it's like, yeah. Good shibari is as good as any fashion show type thing, type look, you know? Um, but I was thinking more... Do you remember the outside times? When we were able to travel the and have events? times? <laughs> <laughs> oh, those kind of times. No, I forgot about that. See, when you say this, like, bondage for display to me, I think of those kind of events. So, like, okay, we've definitely yeah. been... In a like a scene uh, before where we're at a club or something like that, and one of our friends or even one of us will be in some form of bondage tie. Usually, it's relatively simple at the scenes that we're at, so it might just be sort of yeah. and sort of more intricate, in- intricate display like across the chest with the arms tied back. Excuse me, with the arms tied back back behind the back etc so like the arms are clearly bound but it's as much about yeah. the look and and the i guess statement of submission almost as it is about the bondage itself um or you might get things like uh iml or Folsom, etc where you have Stalls, and one of the things that these stalls will do is they will literally have demonstrations of people oh, yeah. in different bondage positions, and some of them might be stress positions, or they might be uh, predicament pe- positions that are done safely, etc. That are mm-hmm. to show off a product, or just to show off a sir and his, and his sub, you know?
0: Yeah, Um yeah, and you can, you know.
1: There is another kind of bondage that I can think of as well that we don't have on the list, which is discrete bondage. And it kind of comes back to the shibari thing a little bit, but also it's a bit wider than that. Um, I know that there are some shibari practitioners, even, that they will have (laughs) a shibari, I want to say like a harness might be the right word. Like a bodice piece, okay. should we say. Like a piece that goes in the body but doesn't actually restrict movement that sits no, under okay. their clothing. Yeah. So it's like yeah, it's yeah. discreet bondage. Like yeah. they get the sensation yeah. of that pressure of the rope on them and the, and the sensation yeah. of the rope like moving against their skin safely, of course. But sort of nobody knows.
0: No, I've done that before. But... Yeah.
1: Um, but is that bondage? I would say it's a form of bondage. Hmm. But let, let me counter that with this. Is chastity a form of bondage?
0: Oh, that's a good question because I have, I have described before, and I've also heard people describe chastity as like bondage for Mm -hmm. a dick
1: and and this is why this is why i ask and why i bring it up because is to me you asking is that bondage is kind of the same question because while yes it may not be necessarily restricting your movement it's as much about the sensation and with as we discussed with chastity chastity does obviously restrict erections and things but a lot of that is down to the sensation and the and the mental side of it as well. So if you if you're yeah. sir, like if I put you into a body harness of rope done in a Shibari style and you were wearing that mm-hmm. as we were just walking around town or something, you would have a very sort of mental um Headspace with that because you would be aware of it. Maybe. <laughs> so I, would, I would argue it comes into <laughs> bondage. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, um, yeah, I'll let that. Um Yeah, I I yeah. Okay, I guess I can see why you think it comes in bondage, but yeah, it's kind of to me, it's slightly different, but, you know.
1: I, w- I would say that at the less... very minimum, it could be considered bondage adjacent.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's very difficult to categorize every single thing into particular. Oh, this particular practice. Is exactly. this kink. Like, oh yeah, you've done it slightly differently. That's not this kink anymore. Like, well, no, it yeah. doesn't really work like that.
1: And, and that, that's kind of the point that I'm reaching for. It's just like, bondage is defined as the restriction of movement and tying people up but there i think as with anything there is much is as much a mental side to it that does not necessarily rely on restriction of movement it's more in the sensation uh, and the part headspace part of it could be that
0: i mean that there, there are definitely people who are very into the like series oh absolutely
1: and i'm not discounting that for a second i th- I think it, i i think i'm just oh. so one of my things is like i'm always cautious when we do these kind of almost one-on-one episodes that we we don't sit here and go oh well this is what this is because every kink is slightly different to every practitioner everyone experiences mm-hmm. their kink in different ways for different reasons mm-hmm. etc Yeah. But I think. And yeah. These are definitely conversations to kind of ponder over if you're new to it.
0: Yeah, sure. As with like all other kinks, like bondage can kind of. There is a sliding scale of different degrees of bondage, (laughs) if you like.
1: (laughs) No, I would agree with that. I mean. Hell for for some people, like I say, the chastised cage is enough. For some people, they want the full. Put them in iron stocks and everything else, you know. Yeah. And
0: yeah, I kind of fit in that category.
1: <laughs> no, I, and that's exactly my point. Like so you, definitely prefer more restrictive bondage than I do. Yeah, you are much more. I would say as your sir your bondage is much more focused on holding your movement or body position in such a way that you may not naturally rest as a i guess in ferment of power from your sir if that makes sense Mm. whereas i am the kind of person who prefers kind of snug bondage like, okay. you, you know from when you've tied me up, like, I prefer kind of having my arms brought in towards my center mass. Whereas you're more of a, the kind of guy, guy, in my experience, that prefers kind of almost like a stress position, sort of spread out a bit more. Eh, I can work either way. For me. I, but that, But that's exactly my point <laughs> here. Like, that works either way for you. I'm very much the kind of person that if I am doing bondage, I very much want that sort of not swaddled but sort of pull me in like almost kind of minimize me a little bit you know okay yeah but i think that's kind of an important point like everyone's going to have their own thing and it takes time to work out what that is like like i said i definitely had some rough experiences trying to find out what it was i liked okay so i'll tell you what then given what you've just said let me ask you this When you are in bondage, if someone is playing with you, doesn't necessarily have to be me, is there anything that you particularly enjoy them doing with you while you're in bondage? Is there any sort of sensations or is there any sort of additional things that they can be doing to you, et cetera, that you like?
0: So bondage is often like paired with mm-hmm. other kinks. Um, often, not always. Like some, there are a lot of people who uh, enjoys bondage for its mm-hmm. own sake. Um, like uh, I can be yes. such a person. Yes, you can. Especially um, when you get your sleep sack. You, you know. Yep, yeah, I can. I am quite happily just being tied up and have nothing else done to me and I would yeah. be quite happy. Uh that's a headspace in its own really. Uh just you you can literally do when you can literally do nothing. Uh that's a special headspace. Yeah. I've me. heard
1: it be al- described as almost m- like meditative. Med med I can't say that word. Almost like meditation let's go with that <laughs> yeah and I think I've seen you do that
0: yeah uh, yeah I'm pretty sure I have um other things that I like people that people can do to me like a, some c p would be okay a bit of edging is okay do we like, want to go like, back and just I explain say, okay, what cp
1: but... is because that's not an acronym we've used before
0: Yeah, um, some. uh, So basically being corporal.
1: Corporal punishment. So things like spanking, things like. uh, Is it. How do you. I don't know how you pronounce it because I always just think of bastard. Bastinado? Is it?
0: Uh, Yeah, that's. Yeah,
1: okay. I don't
0: particularly like using that word. Um, Yeah, basically, you know. Yeah.
1: Foot whipping. But basically um, a variant on impact play.
0: Yeah. Um, you say CP stands for Corporal Punishment. I've always seen it being being stood for um, Canes and Paddles. Okay.
1: Yeah, I can see why. I, I've just always seen it as Corporal Punishment. Don't know if that's just because of no. like, where I was introduced to the terminology or... Uh, I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah. So, yeah, edging, kind of obviously fucking and, you know, sucking dick. Uh, And a lot can be done. Um, uh, Sensory deprivation is is a good one to to combine with uh, a good long-term scene. It
1: is. The only thing I will say with that is just to highlight that caution that I did earlier about sort of you just need to be aware that people respond to that slightly differently. Because I think sensory deprivation yeah. is one of those things that can be hot in theory, but can freak you out in practice. Because your body doesn't quite know how to respond to that. It's yeah, it
0: it comes with experience. Yeah. But that really. that's kind of my point. Like if
1: you, you've yeah. not done it before, or even if you have, like you need to be cautious with it. Oh, yeah, for me, when I am tied, definitely enjoy sensation play, but mm. I preface this by saying that like I am the I am now very much a person who does not get tied unless I very much trust the person, and so that's not something I would engage with just in a session, but okay. so sort of, like bondage, if you're if you're playing with the right people, like bondage can be very good for playing with that kind of. Kind of the opposite end of the sensory deprivation that you were talking about. So of more sensory exploration. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, gently caressing nipples, like gentle cock and ball play.
0: But at the same time, you can also combine the two where you take oh, away some senses and enhance
1: the other senses. You know, that's something that I've not actually done. No, I don't think I've actually done that. I think that's one of those things on my list that okay. I have not done. We finally found something, um. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's probably just because of my hesitancy over bondage in general because of some rough experiences. Yeah, but yeah, like definitely when it does happen, like I enjoy having sensation play. Like I also tend to be a little bit more of a bottom, or if you time me in the right position, like service topping. So like being tied down in a bondage position so that you can access my erection, but I don't have any control yeah. over thrusting. Like that can be yeah. a very, very hot experience and a bit of a head fuck. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can see you noting these ideas down in the back of your mind. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he gets this look, listeners, and he's getting that look. I know that little mischievous twinkle.
0: Mm. <laughs> well, you gotta make sure I don't tell you up then if you don't want any of those to happen. <laughs> Maybe you do. We shall see, boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> But I think, like, have we hit most of the things? I'm not really sure of anything else that we can cover. Without getting into specifics of different materials and ties, etc. Or, like, fully talking yeah. through a scene. I'm not really sure there's much we can add to that. Like, as an introductory.
0: Um. Yeah, okay, we... I think we can talk about uh long term scenes
1: yeah second, I, I would so. be inclined to as well to be clear when we're talking about a long term scene, what are we referring to
0: if we're talking about bondage in particular, then you know someone who is kind of continuously in bondage may might not be might not has to be mm-hmm. in the same position, but someone who is continuously in bondage for more than a few hours. No, I would agree with that.
1: And I think there's also kind of maybe the other side of it as well, where it's not necessarily a long-term scene, but it's definitely an advanced scene where there's a lot more things to consider, such as suspension, bondage, and things like that. And these are things that I don't really know enough about either, I will be honest, and potentially would prefer to invite somebody onto the show that's a lot more practiced in these areas so that they can talk through like what the different precautions etc are for those kinds of scenes
0: okay like my suspension is definitely something i'm mm-hmm. looking to do in that room it, it is but <laughs> it, it's
1: also something that you've been looking into for at least three years like It's not something you're just running off and doing. Oh, yeah, but it, that's it?
0: before like. Oh, no. Yeah, It's, like, exactly. it's definitely something
1: yeah. that takes a lot more preparation and a lot more learning and a lot more time. So I don't think it's appropriate to go into that fully here, apart from to say it exists. Oh, no. Yeah, um, yeah not today. No. I mean, there's also other kinds of bondage that don't necessarily go that far, but we'll be better covering elsewhere. So, for example, one kind that we have done is we've done hypnotic bondage. Which I want us to touch Um, on more in the hypnosis episode. Uh, Yeah. You okay?
0: Yes. Yeah, that's okay. Because
1: we are planning a hypnosis episode, so I I would like us to touch on that more there. But I would like to sort Mm -hmm. of put on... Just kind of to look at sort of what else the scope of bondage is maybe is what we're doing here. Like, that is definitely a possibility in there there's other caveats yeah, and other things so that you've got same. to be aware of from a safety perspective there so that's why we're not necessarily going into those fully here but you know i think as with anything bondage is what you put the time and effort and safety and care and research etc into to make it what you want it to be if that makes sense, <laughs> it's like there's a base. No, so okay, so with any kink, there is a baseline. And then it's a case of you finding where you want to go. So some people are yeah. going to go and go, you know what, handcuffs behind my back, that's enough for me. Or, you know, fuzzy handcuffs to the bed, that's enough for me. Like other people yeah. are going to go, you know what, I want the sleep sack. I want the remote control, but plug up my ass. I want, you know, <laughs> I want the full works. Yeah. I want to be suspended from the ceiling, like exactly. Superman pose, and everything else. You know, <laughs> like yeah. or, or any kink that we talk about. Like there is a gamut as wide as you can imagine. So definitely, um, some things are going to be better covered elsewhere, and I think like hypnosis is one of them. More advanced techniques is something that I think, you know, is, wor- is worth uh, potentially bringing somebody in that's got more experience in that area. Like, cool. There are there are literally people that are professional riggers, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like, you, yeah, you think absolutely. these events, like, Folsom and and et cetera, like, these people just do this, this sort of thing every day as a side hustle. I mean, to be fair, they might do, but sort of... There are a lot of people that do these events and do these shows, etc that that is their job. you know? That's a hell of a uh, job to have, but that is their job.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, and if you have actually seen any Japanese porn uh, that involves bondage, they quite often have some special like credits for the for the person yeah, doing this the bondage.
1: is very true. I mean, Shibari art, like to be a Shibari artist is literally a thing. But yeah, I think we've hit a lot of the main ones. I think we've hit like a really nice sort of general look at what bondage is. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm happy with that.
0: And we'll come back to this topic.
1: So is there anything that we want to add?
0: I think that's pretty much the main topic for today. I mean, you could say it was wrapped Uh, up. (laughs) <laughs> yes you can say that
1: Ooh. I, I had to get a pun in there nice. somewhere. <laughs> nice so with all of that said where can they find us chris if they've enjoyed what they've heard today
0: if you enjoyed what you've heard today uh you can find us on twitter and it's instagram at tbnjpodcast that's the four letters tbnj and then podcasts um yeah you'll find us on um all major and minor podcasting platforms including itunes and google podcasts and uh spotify etc that's
1: right and if anyone wants to let us know their thoughts on what we've discussed today or even just thoughts on bondage and kink in general or even the show
0: uh, leave us a message anchor.fm forward slash GBNJ podcast
1: if you want to use your voice you can do it that way or you can just message us on uh, Twitter as well or Instagram or Instagram I mean. or Instagram but that w- will be uh, the entirety of the show today I think so that just leaves so. us to say goodbye and we hope you've enjoyed yourself
0: Oh, uh, we'll see you next time goodbye.
1: bye bye This episode of Teabags and Joysticks was edited by TV and JSI. The audio effects are royalty-free, and the music is "Quarter Conundrum" by Doak. Thanks for listening.